The contents of this podcast is for general information only and does not constitute financial advice or consider individual circumstances. Please seek your own independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice before making investment decisions. Welcome back to Decoding Crypto with me, Ed Stott, and my co-host, Collective Shift CEO, Ben Simpson. We are thrilled to have you back. Remember, subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you have any questions that you want us to answer, send it to crypto at novapodcast.com.au. Today in this episode, we're in the bear market. Everybody's copping a lot of uh, crap. And... People are criticizing crypto pretty seriously. Do you get a lot of this, Ben? I love the criticism, Ed. I love it. It's, uh, it, it shows that we're still early. It shows that uh, there's a lot of misinformation. I'm going to blame the media, Ed. I'm not looking at anyone yeah. in particular. I'm sure it's not you. <laughs> but the media tend to talk about stuff that they don't really understand and then... Mm. Uh, we, especially in Australia, I think we have a lot of this sheep mentality when you sort of eat a headline read and then, you know, everyone seems to agree with everyone else, but no one's really, you know, putting in the time to understand it. So it's an education mm. gap for me, but it just shows we're early and there's a lot more growth to come. So it's exciting. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. But the thing is, is that when you're a little bit new into crypto and people know that you're in crypto, your friends, especially when there's a dip, are going to come to you and go, see, I told you the bubble was going to pop. Your magic internet money has disappeared. And that's kind of hard, right? So it's what I wanted to do in this app is give people um, some, you know, good things to say to that criticism. So one of the big ones that I get is crypto's a Ponzi scheme. What do you say to that, Ben? <laughs> well, I think in any Ponzi scheme, for a, an actual Ponzi scheme to be legitimate, there's someone at the top. And a Ponzi scheme, mm -hmm. the way the business model works is you need to bring in more people to keep the, the Ponzi scheme going, to keep paying mm -hmm. people, and the lower, lower it goes. Bitcoin's not like that. Bitcoin's flat. There isn't a hierarchy mm -hmm. of like someone at the top making all the money, and then it's, it's not a network marketing scheme. So, you know, it is important to know that, you know, that may not be the same for every cryptocurrency. There's certainly a lot of crap out there in the cryptocurrency market. I'm not <laughs> saying everything's great, but Bitcoin specifically is a flat ecosystem. It's decentralized. Everyone is equal in the network. There's no one owner. Everyone's an owner. And the, the other thing that I always say when people say this to me is that um, Ponzi schemes guarantee returns. And... There is no guarantees in cryptocurrency. And if somebody is guaranteeing you returns, it's probably not a good idea to put your money into that. Because, you know, what we've seen recently in the spare market is that people who are offering crazy 18% returns, you know, guaranteeing them, they're not around anymore because that's just not a sustainable business model. And of course, like we were talking about just before, we've seen Bitcoin go up massively. I mean, even now when it's it seems to be at its lowest price for ages, it's still relatively high when you compare it to prices we were looking at four years ago. So that's the other thing about a Ponzi scheme, isn't it? That there's the difference between crypto. 100%. And I think it's important to differentiate that there is bad actors and businesses that will sell mm. uh, they will market you to say that hey we're selling bitcoin and we'll give you this x percent return one percent a day that's the most common so mm -hmm. it's important to differentiate that there are bad 
actors, businesses that you shouldn't be buying Bitcoin from that are promoting that. You need to go to a reputable mm-hmm. exchange. Like if you're in Australia, CoinSpot, SwiftX, Binance, there's a lot of them. I'll be going to the reputable exchanges, not buying off some other website that seems legitimate that's offering this additional value or incentive. That's the one. That's where you need to be careful. Mm. And so the other thing that I hear a lot of when I talk about crypto, and you don't quite realize how deep you are into crypto until you start talking to people who don't get crypto and they look at you like you're an alien. (laughs) (laughs) And they look at you like you've gone completely mad. But one of the things they say to me is that crypto has no value. It's not backed by anything. It's just magic internet money. I love that one because what is the $10 note in our wallet backed by? You know, exactly. So if you go back a number of years, uh, the the world used to run off, or the you know, uh, first world countries, Australia, the United States used to run off the the gold back system. So where the, uh, um, one dollar in your wallet was backed by one dollar of gold in a vault, and you could go and exchange that. It was a gold backed fiat system. They went off that system a little while ago to a point now where they are able to print money. The government can print money. They've printed, I think, nearly five trillion dollars over the last, you know handful of years out of the US. And we're enjoying the consequences of that right we now. We love that. Now go buy it, go enjoy your $7 coffee, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks. Thanks uh, thanks governments. And, and and but it's the same thing. Like what is that backed by? It's mm. backed by the fact that you and I trust it and it's worth that. Right? So if you look at mm. Bitcoin for example, you know, in, in a physical operation, you've got miners that, you know, mine real tangible value that they, you know, generating value of the network. Uh, Ethereum, for example, you've got the Ethereum blockchain that's running, you know, let's say NFTs on top of, and they're running different smart contracts. We're getting a bit complicated here, but the mm. the, the thing I'm getting at is that, you know, Bitcoin tangibly has uh, value just the same as you could, you and I believe that, you know, the US dollar or the Australian dollar has value. You know, it's a, mm. the US dollar is just backed by trust and the fact that you and I believe it is. Yeah, absolutely. And and Bitcoin in particular is backed by that proof of work system, which we'll explain in later episodes. Um, but that but that means that this real world computational energy that secures the network and facilitates transactions. So it is backed by a really strong system. And I think the way that I've often heard this um, explained is that fiat currency, you know, traditional currency is a promise that I agree that this is worth that much and you agree that this is worth that much whereas Bitcoin is backed by real world work and that energy that goes into it. So it's 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 complex and it's a hard one to refute particularly because people don't actually understand even the way that traditional money works. Correct. And the fact that you can't see or touch Bitcoin, you know, like that that is hard mm. for a lot of people. A lot of people like to have the $100 note in their wallet, they can physically see it, they you know they know it's there. You know, but mm-hmm. on the blockchain, the Bitcoin blockchain, like it is, uh, it's in, it's immutable. It's an immutable ledger that information is not going anywhere, and it's backed by cryptographic uh, code. You are backing software, mm-hmm. like that is the thing we're believing in and trusting in. Which for me is, mm-hmm. you and I, Ed, is probably a younger generation. You know, we're much more. Uh, we, we've grown up with software and technology, so we probably understand it and believe and can, can wrap our head around a little bit better than potentially the older generation that's like, well, you can't see it, you can't touch it, so it's worth nothing. 
And last one I want to throw at you for this episode, because this is a lot for people to remember, but you might want to save this episode, come back to it, <laughs> memorize these arguments, because when the haters come for you, you've got this in your back pocket. But the other thing that people say is that um, crypto is not safe and it's only used by criminals. Again, I love that one. Uh, like Australian dollars isn't used by criminals, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> No, it's perfect. No, no one uses that for uh, for criminal activity. They don't pay in cash. No one pays. You you write a check for for bad stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we did a little bit of research on this. So I had some stats here. So uh, Mm. one of the leading blockchain analysis companies, Chain Analysis, they put out a report Mm -hmm. this year saying only 0.15% of crypto transaction volume is actually used for illicit purposes. So wow. one of the amazing things of the blockchain is that it is fully transparent on chain and it's never going anywhere. Uh, you mm. can track every single transaction and, and where it goes and, and basically what it's used for with certain um, businesses like chain analysis that have got really deep software that can actually track these transactions and see where money's you know flowing from. Uh, and, and they put out a report saying it's 0.15% of transaction volume is used by illicit uh, purposes. So it's very, very minute. Yeah, and when you're talking about that that blockchain, um, that's the immutable ledger, isn't it? So you can go back as far as it began and track exactly what's happened. Because I think a lot of people don't understand with Bitcoin, again, because you can't see it, um, the fact that it is much more traceable than traditional money, right? Correct. And that's what makes... One of the biggest value propositions for Bitcoin is the scarce nature. So there's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin ever created. You know, if we go back to the example we had about normal money in the in our wallets, anyone in the government can wake up one day and go, we need more money and head to their HP printer, hit the print button, start printing more money. Mm. In Bitcoin, it's hard coded into the blockchain, into the contract that it'll never exceed 21 million uh, Bitcoin. And, and that's why mm. it, it gives you that value and it's fully transparent and you'll know exactly when that Bitcoin will be mined and you'll know exactly when, uh, you know, the, the, the blocks are made. Like it's all transparent on-chain software. Mm. And I think, you know, when people say that, um, you know, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is used by criminals, there is at the moment, I suppose, the most timely and relevant example of this is, um, you know, countries like Russia um, when you're seeing oligarchs taking their money across borders by using cryptocurrency and also uh, the country itself using, you know, suspect using uh, cryptocurrency as a way to ev- evade sanctions, that does happen. But then on the flip side of that, you also have to accept that it's a financial revolution that enables people to take control of their own money. One of the most amazing stories I heard about this when I was making a documentary about Bitcoin was uh, a bloke told me when his family had to flee Sri Lanka um, during their civil war, his parents had to stuff gold and cash into their pockets and try and get out of the country with that money. Now, that is hard with Bitcoin or with some cryptocurrencies. All you need is the string of numbers in your head that are your password or the seed keys or the words. You know, you can take it wherever you want. And whilst that's true also for criminals, you also have to accept that the flip side of that is a huge leap forward in, you know, protecting people and their human rights. So I think that's that when people tell me that, you know, oh, but criminals can use Bitcoin. That's the argument that I bring up because I think, you know, there's 
amazing use cases for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in terms of human rights. And I think Alex Gladstein from the Human Rights Foundation, if you want to know more about that, he is great to look up and follow him on Twitter and track what they're doing because he's always doing some really interesting stuff. But yeah, I think we've given them some plenty of ammo there. What do you reckon? I, I love it. I think just the last point on the criminal side is that yeah. criminals are usually the early adopters of any technology that are going to allow them to do the things that they do without either getting caught or like that's going to make their life easier. And they were, that's why they were probably the first adopters of Bitcoin because it was this new technology that allowed them to do things in a way that wasn't going through banks and governments or whatever else. But the the borderless nature with no centralized authority of Bitcoin is what makes it the possibly the bit, you know, the biggest revolution to how to transfer money, information, data, whatever globally that there's ever been. And that's why it's, mm. it's so exciting. And, it, you know, it does bring into question the, the ethics of some people and how they use it. But that's the nature of a, a borderless, unrestricted, you know, blockchain, you know what I mean? Or, you know, technology. It's going to start to ask questions that haven't been asked before. So I think it's good. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's fantastic. Well, I think we've given them plenty here, Ben. I think we should do another episode, though, because there's still so many more criticisms that get flung at us crypto people. So we should definitely do another episode. But I think let's wrap it up and come back to it next time. Let's do it. Send them this way if you've got the haters. Send them to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you have any more questions, as I said at the beginning, if you want them answered, send us an email. We're always uh, here for you. Crypto at novapodcast.com.au. And Ben, can people connect with you on socials too? Yes, I can look me up on Twitter at Ben Simpson AU on Twitter. Perfect. Okay, let's do it. Okay, catch you next time. See ya.